Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Look pretty this morning. Amen. You guys could say amen to that too. It's all right. It's nice to look pretty. It's nice to be complimented. Tari, you're my favorite. Pretty wise, aside from my wife, of course. So we've been in a series called Hometown, and uh, don't I, I, I'm going to take this time and point here. This is awesome. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for this right here? And that's just the start of it. Amen. And uh, I've got to be real honest with you. Pastor Steve's the one that went and bought the boxes, and we were talking about how many boxes to make, you know. And you don't want to buy too many boxes so that you have so many boxes left over that you think, man, we really didn't do that much. But you want to buy enough boxes that you have enough left, right? So Pastor Steve said, I think I'm going to buy 75. And I'm like, oh, man, that one per family? I mean, it's not one per person. I was thinking, man, 75 may be too many, but I want you to look back there at that box that's sitting right there next to the podium. That's the last one. That's the last one. We took 75, 74 boxes, and that's incredible. I think God really is breaking some apathy in our life. And if those of you that prepared a box, did you see how heavy it was? It's going to bless somebody. It's going to change their life. That's what we're hoping. Amen. So we've been in this series called Hometown and started it last week and dealing with apathy towards people first. And uh, so this morning I want us to look at a story and see if there's any possible way that we can relate. Any possible way that we could see ourselves maybe in this story in some way, shape, or form. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. God, just ask that you would use this word, use the life that's in this word to change us, God. Cut down deep, Lord Jesus. Let it go from our heads down to our hearts, Lord Jesus, and that it would change us in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37, if you didn't have time to get there, you can look at the screen. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? A question that we've all asked, right? What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, see if you can find yourself in this. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. A priest, a pastor, whatever you want to call it, happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, a man that's anointed to do God's work, 
a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Did you see yourself in that story? Because I see myself sometimes in that story. So this passage of scripture is labeled as the Good Samaritan. So today I want to first start off and talk to you about this idea of good. I'm going to put quotations around it for right now, but hopefully we can learn what good is. But can I tell you the problem with good is that good is relative to you? Come on, some of y'all think that boomer sooners are good. But others of us realize the true good is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And yet still there's some others that may think that North Carolina has a football team. But they don't. It's just a juco. How about we make it more to what's happening right now? Some of you think the Oklahoma City Thunder is doing good. But others of you think the Spurs are doing anything? Come on. Nah, we think the Spurs are good, except for when they play in OKC. And then we just beat them. You'll see it happen in a little while. See that I'm a prophet. (laughs) I'm trying to make Jesus help us. But think about this. Think about this idea of good. I mean, it's not just sports teams, but let's just think about food. You know, let's just bring up the word gyros or heroes or yeros or whatever you want to call them because nobody knows. They just put the sign up there and you get to call it what you want. There's no right way, but some of you really love them. I'm one of them. And others of you, it's not good. I don't want that, right? But how about our actions? Some of us think that we have good actions and other people may view those same actions as bad. Am I right? So good is relative to you. It's relative to me. I see something that you did and you thought it was good, but I'm looking at it and saying, hey, that's not good. That's bad. See, the real issue in this is that to determine good in our life, we have not allowed Jesus to come in and determine what good is. We've determined good out of our own experiences. And that'll preach. We determine what's good based on what we've seen or what other people have done to us or what we've seen other people do to other people. That's what we call good rather than looking to Jesus, our true example, and saying what is good. See, the Levite in this story was not called good. The priest in this story was not called good, but the Samaritan. And see, if you look at all of these, the Samaritan was the least likely person to be labeled good. It was the priest, it was the Levite, it was the people that did the Lord's service. It was the same thing as Pastor Steve and me. Come on. 
If we relayed this story to today, it would say that Pastor Steve walked by this man and saw him broken, beaten, and bloody and ignored him. And then Woody came by and watched this man and saw him broken and beaten and bloody. And he walked around him. And then you bring somebody that doesn't believe like we do. Any person you can think of. And he's walking by and you think there's no way he's going to stop. Yet he stops and doesn't just ask the man if he's okay, but goes on to help him. Come on. He's labeled the good Samaritan, and we think we're doing good. Am I right? Because if we thought we were doing bad, surely we change it, right? If you're doing something at work and you know this is not good, you're going to change it, otherwise you're going to lose your job. It's when you think you're doing a good job That's when the boss has to call you in and say, hey, I know you think you're doing good, but you're not doing good. You're doing bad. And if you don't change it, then I'm going to have to fire you. I'm hoping that what we can do is we can let the Lord call us in as our boss and say, hey, I know you think you're doing good, but you're not. And you've been apathetic and you've become apathetic and you've been apathetic for so long that you don't even notice that you're apathetic. Come on. We have to let God determine what's good. Can we talk about some similarities before we talk about the difference? Can I tell you that in this story, all three of the men, they saw the man. They had no excuse. They both saw him laying there. They saw his condition. It's not like that they just heard about it. No, no, no. They saw it with their own eyes. And then the other similarity is, can I tell you that they both did something? One of them was right and two of them were wrong, but they both did something. Can I tell you, that's what we do. We all see things. We all see people. We all see issues. We all do things. Come on. Is it the right thing or is it the wrong thing? Or is it the wrong thing that we're calling the right thing? See, the two that walked around the man, as we've discussed, they were Christian people but they were bound by apathy. They just flat didn't care. They didn't think it was their responsibility when in all actuality it was more their responsibility than it was the Samaritans. See, in the story it says that they walked by on the other side. So they went out of their way to not help him. They went out of their way to the other side of the road and passed by on that side of the man. The man that so desperately needed their help. See, our concern for us, all of us, me included, Pastor Steve included, Pastor Andrew included, Pastor Madeline included, all of us included that are in the ministry and doing the ministry of Passion Church, we're all concerned that if we don't uproot apathy in our life, we will be the same Christian people that walk by on the other side. I'm not driving down this road because that man stands and begs for money, and I'm not going to give him any more money. Y'all don't do it. Maybe it's just me. Oh, I'm not going to walk by so-and-so's desk because they're always wanting to talk to me about their problems, and I'm so sick of it. Oh, I'm not going to call this person because they always want to talk to me about X, Y, and Z. And I'm so sick of hearing it. Come on, we're become those people that I'm going to walk by on the other side to walk around you to come back to my place where I'm going. Because where I'm going is more important. I don't have the time. We're going to get there. 
So we've got to uproot apathy in our life. And I'm, and I'm thankful that you guys are doing it. You're trying to do it. Spending money on that box right there, that's uprooting apathy. It's knowing that, hey, I could take this money and use it for something different, but I'm not going to. I'm going to sacrifice, and I'm going to do that. Hopefully you guys brought your $20 today. If you didn't, there's mercy and grace, and you can stop by the ATM on your way. Okay? But this morning, I just want to look at three very, very simple lessons from the Good Samaritan. And the first is that we have to see people. See, Pastor Steve said it last week that we have to let our hometown come into view. Jesus came in and he was able to see his hometown. And I think a lot of us struggle that we don't see. We see, but we don't see. See, I'm talking like Jesus did. That's what Jesus did to people. He said, you see, but you don't see. You understand, but you don't understand. And that's what we do. We see because we're not blind. We see, but we don't see. We don't look at every situation through the eyes of Jesus. We don't pay attention to looking and seeing. I want to see this person. I want to see this situation the way that Jesus sees this situation. I don't want to look at it through my blinders that I've put on my own eyes or the blinders that the devil's trying to put over my eyes or just the blinders of apathy. I want to see the people the way that Jesus saw the people. Simple, right? We just got to see people. See, and the second is this. We've got to help people. If you're not helping people, can I tell you, you haven't let your Christianity take over your life. You haven't let Christ truly come in your life and change you forever and ever. You might have changed your ending result where you'll spend eternity, but you haven't let it change your now. See, and that's what most of us get. We get fire insurance. That's what I tell the young people. We get fire insurance. I don't want to go to hell, so Jesus save me. But then we don't ever let him truly save us to the point that we help other people. And what we should do is look at our life and say, who have I helped today? And if the answer is nobody, you better go find somebody. Come on. We've got to help people. See, what we really have to do is we have to quit waiting on the church to do something. And do something for ourselves. Take it upon our authority that we are the church. Come on. We're the church. This isn't the church. You're the church. I'm the church. You're the church. They're the church. The church down the street, they're the church. It's not a building. It's not a place. It's a people. And what we've done is we've become apathetic because we think it's a building rather than a people. We have to quit going to the polls thinking that the polls are going to change anything. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter who the president is. It does not matter who the president is. It may change your taxes, yes. It may change our education for our kids, yes. But is it going to truly help the people? And the answer is probably not. Because God didn't want the government to do it. God wanted you to do it. The people that are going to break poverty in Oklahoma City is not our governor, it's you. It's not our mayor, it's you. It's not Kevin Durant having millions of dollars and he should be the one to give it away. Well, you should also. 
It's understanding that we are supposed to help people. Not the church, not the government, us, you, me. We're supposed to help people. See, can I tell you that what happened is the good Samaritan, he did what he could do. He did everything that he could do. What we do is we let what we can't do keep us from doing anything. So see, what I look at is I see the man that's homeless on the street, and I say, I can't give you a home, so therefore I do nothing. But my question is, what could you do? What could you do for that person? We think to, our, to ourselves, I can't possibly counsel you in your marriage. I can't fix your marriage for you, but what could you do? I can't feed every starving kid in Oklahoma City area, but what could you do? So what we think is what I can't do. Well, I don't have any extra money to give money, but that's fine. What else could you give? We see it in the story. We see people, we see uh, uh, Peter walking up to the temple, and he tells the man, silver and gold I do not have. Money I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you, and that's Jesus Christ, so get up and walk. So we think because I don't have money, I can't help people. Can you pray for them? See, can I tell you that I, I, I went downtown a few weeks ago to a meeting, and then I, I went to lunch with some people, and as I was walking, I had a man say, hey, do you have any spare change? And I don't know about you, but I take it literally. I don't think, hey, do you have any spare money? I think, do you have any spare change? No, I'm sorry. I don't have any spare change. And I kept on walking. Got into the restaurant and realized, uh-oh, I don't have my wallet. How am I going to pay for my own lunch? Because I don't have my wallet. So I had to walk back outside. And when I walked back outside that man, I walked outside, that man was still standing there. And God gripped my heart and said, you don't have change, but you do have something you should have given him. And I stopped by and I said, hey, I don't have any change, but what I do have is Jesus. And I'd love to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And he said, yes. And I didn't throw up just some generic prayer of, oh, God, help him and let him not be homeless. I said, what is your biggest need now? And let me pray for that. That's what I could do. I didn't let what I couldn't do keep me from doing what I could do. Come on. We need to let God slap us every now and then and say, change just a little bit. Change the way you think just a little bit. Change your thought life just a little bit. Quit letting what we can't do keep us from doing what we can do. We've got to help people. And then the third is this. We've got to recruit people. Did you notice that the good Samaritan didn't do this all by himself? Did you notice that the good Samaritan did what he could do right then and there, and then he recruited the help from the innkeeper, and he said, will you help me because I can't stay here and I can't take him with me, but you've got to stay here because that's your job. If I paid you a little extra money, could you take care of him? He recruited somebody to help him. So the, 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 the thing that we have to go and see is that when we see people, we help them the way that we can. But after we have reached our end and doing everything we can do, is there somebody we know that we could recruit to also help them? So we've got to see people. 
We've got to help people. We also got to recruit people. Hey, I can't do anything about that, but let me call a friend of mine because maybe they could. Or, hey, I can't do anything about that, but let me share it at my small group. Maybe we'll take up a small offering and maybe we, we together could do something. Because, yeah, my $2 may not make a difference, but my $2 times the other 10 people's $2 is $20. And maybe that $20 will make a difference. Recruit help in it. Miss Kim, I'm going to have you come play. See, the truth is what we do is we make helping people too hard. We viewed it in our mind that to help someone is such a difficult thing that that's where our apathy has come from. Some of us are apathetic simply because that we think we couldn't possibly do enough. See, but helping people is simple. I don't have to go out of my way to help people. Can I tell you that I encounter enough people on a day-to-day basis, and so do you, that if we just helped them, the truth is if we just picked one of them to help, if we just opened up our spiritual ears and opened up our spiritual eyes to truly see the people that we're seeing, then we could, we could help them. See, when you look at the life of Jesus, I see his life as something that we can do. A lot of us look at it and it's like, well, I can't do that. You know what Jesus really did? Jesus walked around and helped people that he came in contact with. Most of his ministry was not, hey, I'm going to preach this revival. No, it's on my way there I encounter a woman with an issue of blood. On my way there, I encounter somebody that just lost their son. On my way there, I encountered a blind man. On my way there, I saw a man bound in chains. So can I tell you, when you're on your way, just help people. It doesn't take too long. If all you have to do is pray for them, then pray for them. If you have money in your pocket, then give it. I've told you the conversation. My son... Every time he sees somebody on the side of the street wants to give money to him. And can I tell you that it used to be easy because his favorite number was four. So I'd say, Luke, how much money do you want to give him? Four. Well, his favorite number's changed a little bit. Now everything's 50. 50 o'clock. 50 minutes. 50 points. So without remembering that his favorite number is 50, the other day I passed by somebody. I said, Luke, how much money do you want to give him? And then I was like, "Uh uh-oh. He goes, $50. I'm like, son, I don't even have $50 to give him. I said, how about we give him $10? And he's like, no, $50. And he got so mad at me, but literally $10 is what I had in my pocket. And I gave it to Luke, but it wasn't near enough for Luke. Luke wanted 50. And I gave him 10. But on my way where I was going, I just did what I could do. It didn't make Luke happy. But can I tell you, I think Jesus viewed it as, hey, you did what you could do. And that's what we have to do as we go. Help people.
Can I tell you a story from back in 2008? And I've shared it with you before because it changed my life so much that I couldn't help but share about it. But it applies so much here. I almost showed the video of it. But it's better if I just tell you my own story. I'm sitting in my apartment. Jesse and I just got married in 2007, and this is in 2008. So we're sitting in our apartment, and I have a bad habit of falling asleep in the recliner. Anybody admit to that right there? I do it. I'm just getting that recliner. As soon as my head touches, it doesn't matter. I'm like, oh. Okay, so I'm falling asleep, and I wake up, and it's in the middle of the news. And the news shows this woman in New York City that died in the waiting room. Do you guys remember any of this from 2008? She died in the waiting room of the hospital. And the video showed a a, a security guard walk around the corner, put his hand up, see the lady laying on the floor, do nothing. Stood there for a minute, and he walked away. It showed another security guard in his chair. He's too lazy to even get up. He just wheeled his little chair around the corner. Looked. Yep, she's still laying there. Crazy, man. Wheeled all the way back down the hallway. Showed somebody in scrubs. I don't know, doctor, nurse, somebody in scrubs with a cup of coffee. Walks around the corner. Sees the lady. Laying on the ground. walks away an hour later they finally bring a bed to put her on and they realize oh man she's dead and I saw that and I watched it and with rage in my heart I'm saying like for real anger in my heart I said those people should go to jail for murder those people should be punished by the same laws if they took a gun out and shot her because they had the ability to help her and did not. And God said, you do it every day. Should you go to jail? And I wept right there in my living room while my wife was asleep on the couch. And I said, God, help me to see the people and to help them. That's all we're called to do. You can't do any more than you can do. But what you can do is you can start seeing people the way that Jesus sees them. You can start helping people the way that Jesus helped them. Supernaturally, miraculously, we can help people. You may not be able to give them money, but you can give them something that's better than money. Wouldn't you say he's better than money? And then we're just called to recruit some people. Jesus wants us to do his work. He left this earth saying, it's a good thing that I leave. Because I'm leaving and a Holy Spirit's coming. I'm one man. And this person, he's the same as me and he's able to be with every one of you at the same time. He was saying, it's not just good for you that I leave. He's saying, it's good for this world that I leave. Because the Holy Spirit's coming and he's going to be on, in, on the inside of every single one of you. And I don't get to go work at Dale, but Tari does. I don't get to go work at Southwestern, but you guys do. I don't get to attend the colleges that you guys go to. And I don't get to attend the high schools. I'm one man. But guess what? I get to go to 7-Eleven. I get to go to On Cue. I get to eat at Brahms. 
That's just my normal life. And if I just open up my eyes and see it, I can help you. So we asked every single one of you to bring 20 bucks per family. So what's that all about right there? How many of you remember Northwest Expressway, $20? A few of you. $20 may not seem like a lot to you, and to some of you it may seem like a lot. It's relative to all of us. But our assignment today, today, for this, is to find somebody you can be the Good Samaritan to. So, Stuart, I believe we got some cards in the back. If I'm going to just go ahead and have you pass it out. I should have gotten one of these cards. I don't think I have one. Yeah. These cards just simply say two words on them and have a sign, and it says, Action, the greater sign than talk. See, can I tell you, us Christians talk about helping people a lot. But our actions are not always line up with our talk. So this card on the back of it says, at Passion Church, we could talk about helping. But instead, we want to show you. And you can take this card and you can put it with your $20. And this is, what we, this is, this is a conversation, Pastor Steve and I've had for a month now. Do we provide a list of examples for you? Of how you could use your $20. You know what we came up with? No. I'm not doing your homework. I'm not doing your job. You have the same Holy Spirit on the inside of you that I have. And I'm believing that you're mature enough that you can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That you can go about your day and you can find somebody that needs your $20 and you can bless them. Can I tell you this? Don't limit it. Don't limit it just to people that from the outside look like they need your $20. Can I tell you, for some people, they may look like they have it all together, but that $20 and that card would change their life forever. And I was wrong a little bit. It says we could talk about love, but at Passion Church, we believe in action. We want to be a people that do things. Not just come to service and get our praise on. Not just come to church and dress up so that the Holy Spirit can change me and help me with my problems. We want to be a people that do something. That, that, that accomplishes what God wants for us in our life. Um, we provided some extra $20 bills in the back. There's 11 of them with this card already on them. It's $20 cash. It's back by the booth. You don't have to see anybody. There's going to be nobody there monitoring it. But if you don't have the ability to get $20, we don't want you to miss out. Just grab one of those $20 bills and so that you can participate in this. But would you guys, everybody got a card, right? Would you just hold your card up? Lord Jesus, right now we hold this card up 
symbolically of who's going to receive our $20. And God, that may not seem like a lot of money, but God, we're doing what we can do. And Lord Jesus, the person that's going to receive this, God, we pray that they would not just receive the money, but I pray that they would receive you. God, they would receive you. Maybe it's been a long time since anybody's done anything for them. God, I pray that you would show them that you still exist. Some of them don't even believe in you. But God, I pray that they'd believe in you after this. I pray, God, that you'd help all of us, each and every one of us, God, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, to not just give our $20 away so easily, but to literally pray, literally watch with our spiritual eyes and say, God, who? Be on a hunt. Who do you want me to give this to? And when we see him, God, let us have the boldness to give it to him. Whether it's to help them pay for gas or help them pay for whatever they're paying for or whether it's just to put in their pocket. God, give us the boldness to carry out and to be the church. Be your hands and your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.